We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in East Nashville in partnership with Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. Joining me, as always, Justin Mello. We're previewing another game. Last week did not go as planned, but there's always a new game. Justin, how you feel? Well, uh, I think as the Tides are probably feeling ready to flush that one, and uh, move on to this Raiders game. We got a great guest today to help us preview. <laughs> That's what I said last week. Yes, we have a great guest today. Marcus Mosher will be joining us. Let's just get to it, huh? What do you say? All right. It is now time to welcome in our guest, Marcus Mosher. He is a writer for the Raiders Wire USA Today, the team site lead, and a writer at Pro Football Focus. Marcus, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I don't know if we can call a week three game a must win for either side, but it kind of feels like that, doesn't it? It really does. I was talking to some people in the office. There's lots of Bills fans in the office where I work, and I was just telling them before the game, trying to, like, I guess, prepare myself for a letdown, that the Dolphins going against the Bills in week three at 2-0 and apiece is a better narrative for the league. And the Titans going against the Raiders at 0-2 apiece is just, it's, it sets up a better week three slate here than if the Titans had won. So here we are, ready to talk about the game, the Titans and the Raiders. I want to start by asking about Devontae Adams, because he, week one came out, this is the player the Raiders traded for that they thought they were getting, huge piece of the offense. Week two only finishes with two catches for 12 yards, did score a touchdown on one of those little schemed up inside screen quick mm-hmm. pass things. What happened in week two that was so different in week one? Was this the way the Cardinals played, you know, bracket coverage, rolled safeties towards Adams, or was it Derek Carr just trying to spread the ball around a little more? What do you think happened there? Yeah, I mean, the first part of it is the Raiders' offense was just really good in the first couple drives and quarters of this game. So they were doubling Devontae Adams, and Derek Carr was finding Matt Collins and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. So they didn't really need him to to, to, to be a big target hog in this game but when it got to the fourth quarter that's when they needed him and for whatever reason Derek Carr was unable to find him I'm not worried about it long term I think they'll be fine Adams is going to get his double digit targets just about every week but yeah it was as simple as Cardinals just decided to double him and try to take him out of the game and it worked I I doubt we see anything like that happen again (laughs) this season honestly no he he's going to get his targets yeah, the good news for you, Marcus, is the Titans will almost certainly put undrafted cornerback Trey Avery on him in single <laughs> coverage all game long. Sounds great. Sounds like a great game for Devontae Adams to bounce back, right? <laughs> um, shifting gears, Marcus, I-, I wanted to ask about the general state of the union in Vegas, kind of following this 0-2 start. Um, is-, is there any panic after, you know, really what was a devastating overtime loss to Arizona, in my opinion, you know, they appeared on track to win first in regulation right? had a big lead. And then again, in overtime, right. As they're driving for that game winning field goal already in Arizona territory. So what's the overall reaction like right now? I, I don't think anybody's panicking or ready to fire Josh McDaniels or anything like that. I think they knew it was going to take some time to get this roster to be where 
you know, Dave Ziegler, the new GM, and Josh McDaniels want it to be. Now, do you, do you want to win that game against the Cardinals when you're up 20 to nothing? Of course, right? Uh, but I, I, I honestly don't feel like people are all that concerned long-term, and partly because they've had a lot of players play well early in the season despite an 0-2 record. Max Crosby has been awesome. Nate Hobbs, their cornerback, has been phenomenal. Uh, they're, they're Dylan Parham, their third-round pick, playing really well at center. So I think people are exercising some patience here. Uh, but at the same time, you got to get a win this week. You absolutely have to. Both I, I was big on Dylan Parham coming out, so that's great to hear. And quick, a little follow-up, I guess. I want you know that's a very logical response. I, I think to what's going on. I mean, from the fan base in general. But I will admit, I'm a little surprised to hear that they're being so logical. You know, because this was a really aggressive offseason. Uh, you know, the Titans probably have a bit more leeway in an AFC mm-hmm. South division that's not very good. That AFC West is a bloodbath, right? And the Chiefs are already a perfect two and zero. You know, from the outside looking in, that offense, it was at 19 points week one uh, against the Chargers, 23 points, I believe, this week against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Like, not exactly lighting the world on fire. So I am a little surprised to hear uh, regarding the logical response. Yeah, and it's just because this team has started out slow before in the past, and they've been able to rally midseason. It's going to take some time for Derek Carr to fully grasp this Josh McDaniels offense. So I, I just... I think people know that last year was a little bit of a fluke, them going 10 and seven and making the playoffs. I think people expected them to be very competitive, but maybe the record to be a little bit worse in year one of Josh McDaniels. But listen, all bets are off for for like next year. If they struggle again next year out of the gate and they're a seven and 10 team, that's when I think people are really going to panic. Uh, Flipping over, you talk about there possibly being concerned on offense, but giving it some time. Let's talk a little bit about the Raiders' defense. What have you seen so far? What would you say your first impressions are of this pass-rushing tandem with Max Crosby on one side and Chandler Jones on the other? Has it been the terror that maybe you hoped it would be? Max Crosby's really good. I mean, that's about the the nicest way that I can say this right now. Uh, if there's one thing that Raider fans are nervous about, it's Chandler Jones. They paid him a lot of money this offseason, 17 million, uh, 17 and a half million a year. And they haven't seen that player yet. Now, I know he was banged up in training camp, didn't play at all in the preseason, but he has just four pressures on 138 snaps right now. Like he's just hasn't been that guy yet. And you're a little bit worried. Like, if is he at the age where he's just no longer going to be? Uh, a consistent threat on the edge? I don't know. But the good thing is they have Max Crosby, who is an absolute animal. So even if Chandler Jones is still a bit of a disappointment, Crosby can win games single-handedly. And he's going to have a pretty nice matchup this week with uh, Taylor Lewan looking like he's done for the season. It'll either be Dennis Daly, who played most of the game for the Titans on the left side. It could be Nicholas Petit-Frere moving from the right to the left, a rookie third rounder. Could be Dylan Radins, last year's second round pick for the Titans, who has played just about one game at left tackle against the Niners last year and now seems to be maybe a guard or maybe he sells food in the stands. Like We don't really know what Dylan Radins does for the Titans. So, Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's a matchup the Raiders just absolutely have to win, right? It, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, if they're not combining for 14, 15 pressures and a couple sacks in this game, Raiders are going to be in trouble. It's going to be a long day for that defense. Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts, Marcus, on the switching back to the offensive side of the ball, your early evaluation of this O-line because – 
think there were some, you know, fair concerns heading into the season. You mentioned Dylan Parham uh, playing really well. He obviously gave up on Alex Leatherwood and, and, and traded him away for what was essentially a bag of peanuts. Um, what's that shaping up like so far through two games? Uh, you know, that image of the dog sitting at the coffee shop and the fire and the flames all around him. The it's fine. Uh, <laughs> give that's the oh, offensive yeah. line right now for the Raiders. Uh, it's, it's bad. And this is a Ooh. terrible matchup for the Raiders. Colton Miller, their best offensive lineman, not playing very well right now. They're rotating right tackles. John Simpson at left guard has been atrocious. Uh, Dylan Parham, the rookie, might be their best offensive lineman. It's the worst offensive line in the league. And I think there's a great chance that Tennessee just up front absolutely dominates them in this matchup. Wow. Don't know how much Titans offensive line you watched this year, Marcus, because it's a bold <laughs> statement. <laughs> I, I mean, I watched the game last week uh, against Buffalo. Um, and yeah, it's not great, but I'm just not sure there's a single guy in the Raiders offensive line right now, including Colton Miller, that you feel good about. Like it's 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 rough and they're rotating guys, which makes it even harder to get into a, a true evaluation because every series you're seeing a new combination. They have no chemistry at all together. Interesting. I wanted to ask uh, Marcus about the linebackers and, and cornerbacks a little bit. I know you quickly uh, said Nate Hobbs is playing really mm-hmm. well. That's good to hear. I've heard good things on Rocky Sin as well. It seems that he's thriving. Um, Two-part question to that. How much is Jayon Brown playing as well? A former mm-hmm. Tennessee Titan that they signed to, I believe, a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. Seemed to go in there to a uh, not the most desirable linebacker room. Probably thought he had an opportunity to, to start. Yeah, so he did start last week because Denzel Perryman, their Pro Bowl linebacker, was out with an injury. And he's fine. He's a little bit overmatched as a starting linebacker. He should really be a sub-package guy. Um, But they're really excited about Divine Diablo. A little bit up and down so far in the first two games, but he's somebody, one of these kind of like safety linebacker hybrids that flies all over the field. Mm -hmm. They're super athletic but they're not the best players in stopping the run. So if the Titans can keep this game close and pound Derrick Henry up the middle, that's where you can expose the linebackers a little bit. The Titans need to really focus on running Henry up the middle. We saw against Buffalo last week, they tried, they kept trying to get the edge and do this toss sweep play. And the Bills linebackers just had the speed to come down and take Derrick Henry out in the backfield most of those times. And I feel like, Maybe the uh, the Raiders linebackers have that kind of speed too that the Titans really need to focus on attacking the weakness up the middle and, and try to be more physical, which the Titans run game has struggled the first two weeks. But Marcus, we, I really want to thank you for your time here. We appreciate you joining us. We're going to wrap things up with one more question. Feel free to, it's a little open-ended here. So I want to know what you expect from this game, game flow-wise, are the Raiders going to jump out to a lead? Titans jump out to a lead. It's going to be close down the stretch. How do you see this game going? And if you feel up to it, maybe a score prediction for the final result. This feels like an ugly game, right? Like where both teams are struggling a little bit to, to sustain anything on offense. I think we're going to be like a 19 to 17 type of game that probably comes down to the last possession. And frankly, I, I just trust Frable a little bit more in these situations. Like when their backs up are against the wall, and they're down offensive linemen. He's shown in the past, like, he knows how to gut it out and get some of these gritty wins. So I think the Raiders are still learning how to play that style of football. So I'm going to go with the Titans, 19-17, and maybe one of the uglier games of the week. Wow, all right. Titans fans will be excited to hear that. Marcus, again, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time and your insight here, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. 
Maybe we'll talk again in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be something? (laughs) Thanks, fellas. All right, thanks again to Marcus Mosher. Justin and I are going to get into our thoughts on this game. But first, I want to remind everyone again about the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in East Nashville. Nashville's premier burger parlor and beer garden, serving burgers to the neighborhood since 2011. That's over 10 years of trust. They have call-ahead seating. You can call ahead now to streamline your weights. It's easier to get a table than ever before. And I I talked about this before, but I want to remind you the affordability factor here. A kid's meal is only $6, comes with a side. A family of four can eat for a total of under $50, and that includes mom and dad having a beverage at dinner. Beverages include beers that are local, Good brews. They have collaborations with Bearded Iris and Perennial Brewing in St. Louis. The only bar in the country that has the uh, Blanche de Liga by Val Dieu, an awesome import wheat beer, which took two years of of red tape government, you know, all that's like getting the right licenses just to have this beer available in the States. And it's the only bar in the country that has it. So you got to check out the pharmacy. That's so funny that you brought up the Porter. So I was about to bring up the Porter. We're heading into fall. The Pharmacy Porter. It's a collaboration with Perennial Perennial Brewing in St. Louis. That's a German style Porter beer. It's now an extinct style of beer. Pretty hard to get your hands on that kind of beer. You can get it at the pharmacy. It is a phenomenal beer. It's roasty and smooth. And it's really, really perfect for the fall. I'm a big beer guy. I say this every week. And I, I really do mean that. We're heading into October here shortly. I believe in switching up the palate, switching up the beers based on the seasons. A German porter is perfect in the fall. Head over to the pharmacy and get your hands on that porter. All right. So Titans facing, yes, you heard it from Marcus, a must win. Both teams facing a must win situation here heading into week three. I think the biggest question I have, and I want to get your thoughts on first is, are the Titans going to do anything different in this game? Or is this going to be the beating your head against a wall same old, same old. And I mean, what we saw against the Bills was, uh, I thought, when we talked about this on the recap, but a refusal to adapt to the situations that were in front of them. Continuing to let Stefan Diggs torch them. Continuing to run Derrick Henry when it was clearly not working. The only thing the Titans could do well in that game was hit a play-action crosser thing. And there were a couple well-designed plays, but... What are we going to see from this Titans team in week three? Because they've surprised us before. We were hoping they would surprise us on Monday night and come out and shock the Bills, and they, they held it close for a quarter and a half. I mean, they but... did surprise us. Did anyone have 41-7? <laughs> they were surprisingly <laughs> bad. Um, but what do you what do you think? Like, What's the game plan in Tennessee? Because we heard from Vrabel on Monday, like they're not going to make huge sweeping changes. They're just going to get back to work and execute better and play better or whatever. Um, what, do you, what do you think happens in this game? Yeah, well, you said it, and I was about to bring that up because I'm not expecting them to change much, in all honesty, like that Monday press conference. And look, if you want to hold out hope that Vrabel's uh, you know, purposely misleading you or, or whatever, and you know, he's not going to call these things out openly, uh, then you can choose to believe that. But uh, I, I do think they met what they said, right? When they talked about an offensive identity or asked those questions, he basically said it's obviously Derek. Right. And we have to get him going Uh, when they talked about, you know, firing coaching staffs. And he said, no, what we're going to do is practice and get back to basics. So, you know, everything that he said insinuates that they sort of believe in what they're trying to do. 
and are just going to keep working hard to try to do that better than they're doing it now. Right. Like that's sort of the impression I get. I mean, I'm expecting more of the same. I'm expecting them to uh, try to establish the run. Now, look, that's not saying that they can't have more success doing that. And perhaps they do scrap some of those toss plays and they try to run it up the middle as Marcus discussed. And hell, you'd be running behind your best lineman potentially in guys like Ben Jones and, you know, maybe Aaron Brewer, Nate Davis, things of that nature. So, uh, you know, perhaps that's a minor change that they'd be willing to make that can lead to some success, right? Look, we've seen them have success running the ball behind those exact players, right? Even Aaron Brewer in spot starts, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, as I said. So those things are all possible. Defensively, um, do they treat Devontae Adams any differently than they did Stephon Diggs? No, probably not, right? Because look, if they did it, if they decided not to treat Stephon Diggs you know, and pay him special attention when the wide receiver too was Jake Kumaro. What makes you think they're going to do it when they also have to deal with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, right? Like, no, they're probably going to spread their resources around and, uh, and, and treat Devonte like they treated Diggs, right? So ultimately uh, I'm not expecting a, a drastic change in approach here. Yeah, same. I, I think you nailed it there. The only minor things I can see changing are, Getting Traylon Burks an even more run. He continues to be successful. There was a thing that was floating on Twitter earlier this week with the rookie snap percentages and yards per route run chart, right? One of those XY charts. And Traylon Burks is leading all rookies in yards per route run right now. He's just not running as many routes as the other guys, the Drake Londons and the Garrett Wilsons, who are, you know, outproducing him because. For whatever reason, the Titans work their rookies in slowly, and maybe he doesn't have a full grasp of the playbook yet, but I do think we'll continue to see more Traylon Burks. I think we're done seeing Kyle Phillips as a punt returner. I think that's a change that you're going to see. Two muff yeah, punts I... in two games. I don't know if it's going to be Imani Hooker, who also went in and muffed a punt, or if it's going to be Robert Woods, or if it's going to be somebody else, or if Dontrell Hilliard's going to be healthy enough to go in this game and also return punts and kicks. Like, Who knows? We The Titans don't have a punt returner now because Kyle Phillips proved that he can't be trusted back there. Do you think that that is even a, like a huge big enough change that it will even matter? Probably not. Right. Like whatever, no, fair catch the ball. Certainly not a huge change. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes fans may want to hear this. Some may not. Part of me wonders if they elevate Mason Kinsey, right. From the practice squad to the active roster for this game. I'm not saying they have to add him to the 53 man roster, but maybe they elevate him. Cause look, this thing is pretty dire. Right. Like you said, two muff punts in two games. He should be done. Right, like This is over with Amani Hooker. They talked about him being the backup. He must the first the only one. Right. That, that he had a chance at. They're lucky they didn't lose that fumble. They put Robert Woods back there. But I think that was as much as saying, just go fair catch it. Right. They weren't yeah. going to risk Robert Woods to get hurt. That's how low the bar is. Just catch the damn thing. Right. That's literally a hole we need you to do. So I don't think they're going to put Robert Woods back there with consistently consistency, sorry, unless they say fair catch every single one. Right. Yeah. And if that's not the case, uh, then you're probably looking at, as you said, potentially a returning Dontra Hilliard or someone like Mason Kinsey, right. Who had a chance to win the job uh, in training camp. And I believe returned a few punts in the preseason. So uh, you're down pretty bad here. I don't, I don't think Trenton Cannon has much experience returning punts. He got hurt in the Buffalo game anyway, and it looked pretty bad. So you're probably not going to have him available for this game. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's definitely, I agree with you. That's a change probably that's coming. <laughs> I don't know that you can keep 
we talk about them not changing their approach, you know, running their head into a wall. I, I, I think they're more likely to change the punt returner situation than they are the offense or the defensive identity. Right, exactly. The offensive identity is what it is. And the question is, can you find success in today's NFL? And as we talked about in the recap show, I don't know if you can. I don't know if an offense built around a running back is the best offense. I mean, whatever. We're we're still reacting a little bit to Monday night's complete beatdown. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate and and Buffalo's going to make a lot of teams evaluate their entire existence, right? Because Buffalo looks like they could go made, not made take Made the Rams it. look really bad in week one yeah. as well. Made the Titans they, look worse, I, I would say. Did. But, uh, not by much, terrible. though. I mean, yeah, not when much. it was competitive, like the, it, things snowballed and became totally out of control. And from there, it was kind of a different story. But like, you know, I mean... The Bills made the Super Bowl champions and the AFC one seeds look like FCS schools going out there uh, like Alabama taking on one of those. We'll pay you a million dollars to beat your ass kind of games. It was, um, it, it, was it was it was North Dakota State with Dylan Radins at left tackle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, looked like Georgia versus Oregon. That was the joke I made during Monday <laughs> night, which was uh, sorry, Oregon. Um But anyway, let's let's talk a little bit more about this Raiders team here, because this team. I mean, the Raiders could have beat the Chargers. They had a chance. They had the ball. They had a a potential game-winning drive. And instead of going down and getting a touchdown to win the game, Derek Carr gets sacked by Khalil Mack, stripped, fumble on a fourth down. The Raiders recovered, but the game was over on that fourth down. They had obvious chances to win against Arizona last week. 20 to nothing halftime lead. You're, I mean, changing the channel to another game at halftime because they're like, Raiders got this thing under control. And then the Cardinals make an epic comeback. A A lot of, like... One play goes different moments in that Raiders-Cardinals game, and the Raiders come out as a one-and-one team, which may have been better for the Titans than having them t- having to face them at 0-2 with their you know backs against the wall. But Titans also with the backs against the wall here. So I do think what Marcus said there is going to be the key to this game when he talked about the Raiders' offensive line. But this is one of those games where both teams are going to struggle to pass protect and struggle to run block. And I think, like he said, it's going to be a pretty ugly game. So the question is, when the Titans do get their chances to get to the quarterback, because I know to Nico Autry, who was the only real you know difference maker on the defensive line against Buffalo, you know Jeffrey Simmons is looking for a bounce back game. You hope Bud Dupree is healthy enough to play in this one. Um, you hope Ola Adaini, who's been dealing with multiple injuries now, the neck going into last week, and then he hurt his arm or something, but he came back and played, but he didn't play very well. Rashad Weaver didn't do, didn't really make his presence felt on Monday night. Can any of these guys get in the backfield, not just get to Derek Carr, but make a game-changing play, force a fumble that's recovered for the Titans in plus territory? Like, those are the kinds of things that have been missing. I mean, they kind of did that to the Giants, and then they totally collapsed in the second half, but... There's a reason the Titans are 0-2. It's because they haven't had guys make huge, game-changing plays. And they will need somebody to do that. And I talked about this last week going into the going into the Bills game, but like nobody really made a play. There was no play made. I mean, Kevin Byard maybe when he wrapped up Josh Allen on that fourth and one, but it was too early and not enough. And I don't know. I honestly don't know what to expect from this Titans team because they have been so Jekyll and Hyde under, I mean, going back to Mike Malarkey, they have been but certainly under Mike Vrabel as well. So I'm kind of lost at what to even say to expect here. I guess I hope Traylon Burks gets more involved, and I hope Jeffrey Simmons has one of those three-sack games. Like, that's how the Titans win this. Robert Woods and Austin Hooper as well, right? Like, I would stop short of saying they showed signs of life. I know Hooper um, had the longest play from scrimmage for the Titans against the Bills, but it was his only catch of the game, right, to my knowledge. 
Robert Woods looked pretty good on that screen that got called back. I think it was for a Ben Jones face mask, which was a little, a little weak, you know, in, in my opinion. But I think he picked up about 15, 16 yards. If that had stood, he showed some good bursts with the ball in his hands. But again, what it Woods finished with, like four catches for 39 yards. So again, you're going to need all of these guys more involved, right? They were a bit more involved than they were against the Giants, but it's still a far cry from where the Titans need them to be. And Tannehill's got to be on point. He can't throw a horrible interception right to a linebacker that gets picked off and taken for six points. But that was also like the Titans didn't lose last week because Ryan Tannehill didn't play well. Like no. Ryan Tannehill did a great job getting the ball out of his hand under constant pressure from a pretty ferocious Bills defense. But like we just talked about with Marcus, you know, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, as much as Chandler Jones has struggled to make an impact so far this season, Max Crosby is a game wrecker. And if it wasn't for Kyler Murray pulling a Houdini and getting completely out of his out of Crosby's arms on one of those, what was it, a, uh, the two-point conversion or a fourth and fourth down? One of the, yeah, the two-point conversion. Like that was a game-ending play that Max Crosby had in his arms. And somehow Kyler Murray, I guess he's like too small, so Max couldn't <laughs> actually get his hands up. No, I don't know. Um, but I mean, I expect him to have three sacks in this game. I don't know. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy because I caught a fair bit of that Cardinals Raiders game and I thought Max Crosby looked outstanding. Like I felt like he was winning on a snap by snap basis. And on Sunday, he'll take his pick of the litter, right? Whether it's lining up over at uh, Nicholas Petit Friere, whether it's lining up whoever the heck they start at left tackle, assuming again, we're recording this pod a little early, but almost, you know, whether Luan's done for the season or not, certainly safe to assume he's not going to play in this game on, on Sunday. So whoever's lining up at left tackle, if it's Dennis Daly again, you know, so help us God, uh, Max Crosby has his pick of the litter and he's probably going to win with terrific consistency. I think ultimately, as we try to wrap up this preview, it's going to be an ugly game. Like Marcus said, it's all just going to be about, can the Titans get something going on offense? Can they string together enough plays that they can get in the red zone and then execute once they get there? Can they hit one or two explosives that, are like stealing three points hit one deep shot and even if the drive stalls out at least you can kick a field goal from where you're at like make those plays to get in scoring position whether it's on offense or defense and we'll see if they can pull it out i do trust mike vrabel there i mean he has four years of evidence to show that he can coach a winning team we haven't seen it yet this year because they haven't won yet but i don't know i it's just i struggle to see I'm still reeling from this complete d d dismantling that the Bills gave the Titans on Monday night, and I, I really do struggle to see how they put something together offensively that's going to be successful, barring Derrick Henry stiff-arming his way through 15 guys, you know, including four on offense, because that's how math works. Um, maybe five on offense, if he, unless he stiff-arms himself. I, I'm kind of rambling here. But let's wrap this up. Final game flow score prediction from you, and then I'll go. Yeah, I mean... You talked about who's going to step up and make a difference, right? And make a game-changing play. And the more I think about that, um, I've got a hard time picking the Titans in this game. Uh, call this opposite week because our, our Raiders-centric uh, guest came on here and predicted a Titans win. I'm going to do the opposite and predict a Raiders win, unfortunately. Uh, when Again, you talk about game-changing plays. I think of Max Crosby. I think of Devontae Adams. I think of Chandler Jones. I think of Hunter Renfro. I think of Darren Waller. Like I think of all these guys almost before I think of us, I mean, certainly on offense. I think of all three of those offensive players right now, uh, probably uh, certainly, especially at, at the pass catching positions more than I think of a single type. So I think uh, of AJ Brown. 
Yeah. Darn, what could have Darn. been? <laughs> He's not here. Um, so I, I think of, again, Devontae Adams, Max Friday. Oh, God, I do still think of Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Byer. Like, I'm not and ruling Derrick that Henry. out. And Derrick Henry can be that guy too, but, but you know, at 28 years old, coming off a major injury, having not seen it yet this year, you start to get skeptical if he still has it. And maybe he does. And, He's always started slow historically in his career. But, I mean, I don't know. We haven't seen it yet. And for me, one I want to make one thing clear. Uh, certainly, I am a little skeptical of Derrick Henry. The reason I didn't mention him there is I'm more skeptical and negative about what we've seen from this offensive line and the run game. Yeah. That's why he's not sort of the first name that came to mind. And that's why I go to Devontae Adams. I saw the way they placed Stephon Diggs. And I know how Stephon Diggs is an excellent route runner. Right? He was putting these corners in a blender. Devontae Adams might be the best route runner in the league. Right? Diggs might be number two. Adams is probably number one. So he's going to have his way with these corners on Sunday, right? And if they're not rolling coverage to Diggs, they're probably not. Did they learn their lesson? Do they roll coverage to Adams? As I said earlier, probably not, right? When they're dealing with Renfro and Waller and all that. So uh, I think of these guys to make game-changing plays for the Raiders. I'm not saying this is going to be a blowout. I just have a hard time picking the Titans right now after what we saw on Monday, uh, looking at this Raiders supporting cast. Who's going to step up? I'm going Raiders 24, Titans 16. Okay, I'm I'm really right in the same boat with you, and it is funny that Marcus picked the Titans, and we're both gonna sit here and pick the Raiders. But I think that might be the the effect that watching your the team you cover go zero and two has on you is you just don't have faith in them to go one and three. You think they're gonna go point, or one yeah. and two? You think they're gonna go zero and three? So I agree with you, and I think the big thing here is it's gonna look. This is going to be the Devontae Adams show. That's my prediction for this game. I mean, I'm talking like 10-plus catches, 150-plus yards, at least two touchdowns for the for Devontae Adams in this one because I agree with everything you just said. And it's not like the Titans are leaving Trey Avery intentionally one-on-one with the other team's best receiver. It's that they're running these zone coverages where Trey Avery has the deep half or deep third of the field and the – you know, whatever team, in this case, it was the Bills on Monday night, are intentionally running Stephon Diggs into the zone that they know the UDFA rookie cornerback is covering. And that's how you end up in a one-on-one matchup. But it is also like the Titans deciding not to put Kevin Byard over on that side of the field, knowing that that guy is probably going to... Like, we all talked about it. I mean, whatever. We're we're rehashing things we said on the, the Tuesday recap. But So I'll just leave it at that. But... um. Yeah, I do think that the Raiders are going to win this game, and I would make I would say like I have so little faith in the Titans' offense at this point that I'm going to make an even bolder prediction than you and say 27 for the Raiders, 13 for the Titans. I don't even think. I mean, maybe I'm a pessimist, but I got to see it. I got to see it from this Titans team. Prove it. Prove it to me. Prove me. Prove me wrong, Titans. That's what I want to see on Sunday. Prove me wrong. Prove me. Prove to me that this offense has some life and has some juice. Because you know it was kind of funny after the first game of this, after the Giants game, we sat here and said, "Oh, we didn't. I didn't see enough explosives from this Titans offense." And come to find out, I'm an idiot because the Titans actually led the NFL with seven plays of 20 or more yards in Week didn't One. Didn't feel like it though, so I don't blame. Didn't you. feel Certainly like didn't it. Feel like- and then they had zero. Zero plays of 20 or more yards against the Bills, and uh, that's kind of how the Giants game felt. So I, I, it didn't surprise me that they had zero again. The longest play the Titans had was a, a couple of 20-yard kick returns. So um, that's, uh, that's where the Titans them. offense is at. <laughs> at least they didn't muff them. All right, anything else you want to say before we sign off for this episode? No, I think that pretty much does it. I, I find it a little funny that you, I, I said 24-16, you said 27-13. 
I, you didn't do it on purpose, but you basically added three points to the Raiders and took three away from the Titans from, from what I predicted. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I think the Titans might get a touchdown and a couple field goals, and I think the Raiders are going to get three touchdowns and a couple field goals. Obviously, that's how you get to 27-13, but like, I wasn't just making up numbers. Like, I really think that's probably what, like, you're going to see in this game is the Titans struggle to move the ball. The Raiders probably also struggle to move the ball because I do think the Titans defensive line will get those pressures and create those negative plays that they were unable to create against Buffalo. But then, you know, it'll be third and 17 and Devontae Adams will convert it. Like, that's what's going to happen in this game is my prediction. So, uh, all right. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Music City Audible. Reminder to check out the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in East Nashville. It's a really great place to drown out all of your sorrows when you are thinking about how bad the Titans have been this season so far. And I also need to remind you all, BroadwaySportsMedia.com has a new thing called the Insider Pass. It's not that new anymore, but it's fairly new still. Yeah, become a Broadway Insider today. It's $6.99 a month. You could use the code INSIDER to get your first month for just $0.99 or use the code ANNUAL uh, for a total of $49.99 for your first year. Lots of great uh, benefits to becoming a Broadway Insider. We've got the Mike Herndon Show uh, behind the table. That's a weekly video show going out every week with your favorite Mike Miracles, Mike Herndon. That's obviously a big perk to becoming a Broadway Insider. You get early access to some of the podcasts, uh, a lot of written content behind that paywall. Whether that written content comes from me, it comes from Zach at uh, F-Words Pod. Uh, it's coming from Easton. There's a lot of content coming your way if you're a Broadway insider. Become an insider today. You won't regret it. And also check out all the podcasts Broadway has to offer. Remember, you got Football on Other F-Words, Second in Victory, The Hot Read, and uh, a football show with Zach and Brayden. Uh, and they're broadcasting that live from the pharmacy right now. So uh, lots, of great, uh, lots of great content coming your way from Broadway. So that will do it for this week's episode of the Music City Audible. We will be back again next week to recap this game and preview the next one. Two episodes a week coming to you all season long. Until then, you know where to find us. Justin is at Justin M underscore NFL on Twitter. I am at Titans Film Room. We'll see you next week. Until then, y'all stay safe and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.